0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody. And welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from persisgrowroom.com. So far, we have done 61 episodes of Grow Guides, and we've taught you everything you need to know to grow your own cannabis at home. You know, from where to start, what equipment you need, what nutrients you need, uh, and just about everything you need to know. But we haven't discussed how to store the cannabis for long term. You know, when you're growing at home, sometimes you're going to get these big grows. You'll have like 20 ounces of weed and you need to figure out how to store it for a long period of time. So we're going to cover that in this episode here. Uh, if you have any questions of course feel free to find us on percy'sgrowroom.com or send us an email or even ask a question in our discord server just feel free to reach out if you have any questions about this Uh, but for now we'll leave you to it so make sure you roll up a fat one get super high and enjoy this episode of grow guides and i'll speak to you at the end of this see you in a bit So here we are for episode 61 of the Grow Guides. And what we're going to be talking about today is long-term storage of cannabis, because if you've listened to all the Grow Guides so far, you should be able to grow quite a bit of cannabis now. You know, you got your four by four tent, and you can fill that full of weed, get a nice 20 ounces off it, and it'll grow. You know, it's, it's looking good. But how are you going to store this cannabis? And if you don't use cannabis very much, how are you going to store this cannabis for a long amount of time like up to a year you know and when does cannabis go bad shit like that so this is what we're going to be discussing in this episode of the grow guides is how to store cannabis long term and what kind of containers to use as well all different shit like that so but i think we should start off like at the beginning like how long have you guys kept weed for you know tg what's the longest bud you've had the oldest bud you've grown and smoked
1: um you mean oh well smoked yeah right well right now I have some stuff right beside me check the date here purple God bud December 23rd 2021
0: oh yeah that's nice man so that's
1: uh, over a year year and a half ish Hmm? almost a year and a half yeah and it definitely doesn't like have the same sharp you know nose fucking bender that uh purple god bud generally has but it's still smokable it's still it looks it's not brown it's not any like it looks pretty good if if mm-hmm. i didn't tell you it was old you'd be like wow that looks really nice um so yeah i don't know about that old i guess year and a half
0: sweet you just filled me bones in the chat there said two years it's nice what about you bubble what, what are you saying
2: uh usually it doesn't get past 12 months but I do like I do like to do a long cure of each strain that I run so I'll I'll usually get a mason jar and put about an ounce or so into that and then put it on the shelf and try and keep that sitting there curing for as long as possible before I get into it just So I mean the longest I've ever had something would be close to 2 years um but by no means was it as good as it was the first sort of 6 months mm-hmm. so but yeah, 12, 12 months seems to be about where I'll get to before I start going, oh yeah, now I can use that in cooking. Right. What about you,
0: Monkey? What's your longest?
3: Uh, the longest I've kept cannabis around before turning it into edibles, I think it was somewhere around 16, 17 months. Right. Uh, You know, it, just like Bubble Hawk says, after a while, especially if you've gone into the jar a few times, that like you start losing a little bit of the terpenes and the brightness off the cannabis. And at that point, it, there, there comes a good point that you. Know, it's better to use it for something else. Mm-hmm. Not, don't mm-hmm. smoke it. In other words. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know how long uh, I've kept cannabis for about six months, maybe eight months, nothing longer than that. I found weed before, like, you know, from a previous crop, I put the grow tent up for ages. And then yeah. it just like, <laughs> it must have, I must have trimmed the buds hung it up and then, you know, the smaller sticks Not the big juicy colors, one of them small buds must have fallen down behind one of the poles and just got left there for fucking months, man. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And I found it one day when I was taking the tent down and was like, wow, look at this. It's a man. And I smoked it. I don't give a fuck. I smoked that shit. And it it was nice, man. It tasted more like hash. It was Mm -hmm. crazy. It just, it must have just sat there drying for so long. Didn't get cured or anything. It just sat there at the bottom of the grow tent. Didn't even know about it for months. But it was nice, man. It was nice. <laughs> uh, other than that, I think the lemon tree, my, my last lemon tree, has been the longest that I've had weed for. Uh, that I kept that mm-hmm. for fucking ages, man. Mm. And it got it just kept on getting better and better, you know. Uh, I've never had cannabis to the point where it starts to degrade in any way, as far as I know. You know, it's not like I've ever smoked one and be like, oh, that's not as good as it was.
1: Definitely does. There's certain ones I'd say, like, I, I think. The skunks are a pretty good example, like actual mm. skunk weed, kem's, um, sourdough, those types of things. It's better to smoke them sooner than later because uh, it seems like a lot of those volatile sulfur compounds. At what off. point
0: would you think it starts to change,
1: like degrade
0: in a way, but it's it's not as good anymore?
1: It uh, I don't know. It really depends on the
0: strain, I think. Mm. But mm-hmm. um, some
1: some like you say, you know, age is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't know. I'm always you know trying to consume within three to four months probably
0: it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my but yeah yeah right. uh, there's places like the greenhouse you know when the greenhouse had their co- i'm sure they do still have a coffee shop in amsterdam but, you know they'd grow their cannabis and they'd leave it to dry for six months in paper bags before they even start to cure it six well, months man and they wouldn't hang it they would just like as soon as it's chopped and trimmed and it's still wet, it goes into paper bags and then gets stored until it's dry yeah.
3: You know, swami yeah, does paper hang paper. his but then he he rolls his in uh in brown paper and leaves right. it sitting for six months before he even starts selling it
0: mm-hmm. it's
3: long is it well to me you and me but I'm, i've never tried that you know that i'm sure that there's some special mechanics behind the way it's rolled and the way it's stored and you know he's trying to get those those terpenes all through it and everything like that and i'm sure the bud in, in the center of the roll is going to be uh better than the stuff on the very outsides i would mm. think too hard to say
0: yeah man I'm gonna, gonna i'd am gonna. i love to hit- be in a position to try it one day but you know you need a few uh, hundred i'm friends. just
3: <laughs> gonna just say um you know may have to get out the swamis one day and actually see it mm. man a, bit, a barrel of buds like that that'd be fucking sweet a bale yeah. of buds oh yeah mm-hmm. great stuff though but you so- know i think with me though like tg said he he's he's trying to consume within three to four i'd ideal for me is somewhere around that four month four month mm. mark because that's to me when the flavor is you know all all the bright flavors are there and some of the some of the deeper long-age flavors are starting to develop in that in that zone for me everybody's different
0: all right so what are yeah. you all store in these buds in what's your favorite shit to store your buds in bubble what you got man what what do you do
2: uh normally buckets um so for for big amounts in the buckets and then what do you mean by buckets for... what buckets you using so food-safe plastic buckets.
0: Right, plastic buckets. With the screw-on lid, kind of, that shit. Uh,
2: it's a snap-on lid, but it's right. a, it's airtight. Um, mm-hmm. Same idea, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually just ordered some Grove bags because I've been hearing some really good things about the Grove bags, so I'm going to give them a crack this round as well. Right. Um, but for longer-term longer, longer term storage, if it's like, as I said, I'll, I'll normally put one in about an ounce in a mason jar and leave it for about 12 months. Right. Um, cool, cool. But that's because I'm not I know I'm not going to touch that. So it's just it hits the right um RH that I want it at and then I'll just lid on in the dark, nice cool area, and just let it sit. Nice. And then I just use the um use the bucket and decant into some smaller stuff as I go.
0: Well you're saying TG, because you are an organic grower. So I assume you don't use plastic to cure your weed.
1: Well, no, I don't, but it's not because I'm like I'm not really an organic grower either per right. se. Um, not, yeah, anyway,
0: like, I, yeah, I am, but I'm not. Yeah, Yeah. let's not get into the specifics. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean, though, and I think pe- most people do.
1: Um, but no, I don't like plastic. I, I just don't, I don't find it has a, a as good a seal, like, unless you use, like, really, you know, expensive type of plastic stuff. Man,
0: that, that's different, because I prefer to use plastic over glass jars, because there's a better seal. That's strange, man, it's like different opinion. Yeah, like, yeah, I think that you find yourself a good watertight, airtight uh plastic tub, and that will cure cannabis perfectly. Yeah. I love doing it like that,
1: I'm sure it works just fine. I just don't, I don't know, I don't, I, I have buckets like millions of buckets mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. various sources, and I use uh either jars if it's like you know four or five jars usually because my plants generally are somewhere between three to six ounces on average right they're not big plants and i'm usually i keep my shit separate because i like to you know you know i like variety and i like to not just dump everything in the same jar i want to know what the good shit is so i can like keep it if i need to or whatever and just to have i'm kind of anal about organization shit and it makes me comfortable when everything's separate and nice so yeah i don't grow really a ton to like be able to fill a giant bucket like i could but I'm not a monocropper generally, and yeah. um, and so yeah, I use either glass jars. I have a bunch of uh, smaller uh, and one large six liter sea uh, vault. It's not sea vault brand, but they're the you know the metal containers, the stainless steel with the clamps. Mm-hmm. I really really like those. They're just really expensive. I think those are probably the best because. You know, they're inert, they're not gonna impart any sort of smell or absorb any sort of weird shit into the the material because it's metal. Same as mm-hmm. glass, violet well, yeah, like yeah. glass. Um plastic, that's another reason why I'm not a huge fan. I know food safes, you know, that's one of the things about food safe, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't like plastic. So either metal or glass. But like Bubble Hawk said, I'm interested in these grove bags as well, and I'm gonna probably buy one or two from my Local shop and check them out because I've heard a lot of good
0: things. What were
3: you saying, monkey? How do you store yours? What have you got? 100% glass. I I prefer the screw top lids. I went through a phase with the larger jars and the one gallon with with the uh, cam lock, you know, latching and things like that. I found the bigger jars while it'll do fine for holding cannabis. You end up, you know, every time you open them, you lose terpenes. Blah blah blah. So I went back down to one quart mason jars and I also carry it, I also have around so I can off, off cant for long-term storage. I keep uh 16 ounce 32 ounces what I keep most of the butt in, and I keep 16 and 8 ounce and even four ounce jars around so that I, when I open a, a big jar, I break it into small jars.
0: Right. And that all got so confusing then because you were talking <laughs> about
3: okay how many
0: I, one ounce going into a four ounce jar and
3: shit now, like this. <laughs> okay. Short answer. I store everything in screw top jars and I have sizes ranging from 32 ounces down to four ounces.
0: What's for 32 ounces in, a, a in quart- normal
3: one quart or le- the, the little quart, less is it, than a liter. how many milliliters is it bro <laughs> okay a liter is 39 ounces a quart is 32 ounces
0: okay right that, that kind of uh it makes it easier to understand so, uh, so like a liter size jars you are using
3: roughly liter size jars but then you know mm. I, I have other jars that i have stepped down and the reason i stepped down in the other size jars is is if once i open a big jar under swami's advice off cant that jar into smaller jars mm-hmm. and that way you don't have to keep constantly opening the other jar yeah and you'll keep your terpenes
0: better cool so and of course everybody before you get to that stage where you're storing your cannabis in these jars you want them to be properly dried and cured and you we do have an episode on that uh, at the back of the start of the grow guide so if you're still wondering how to dry your cannabis and cure it properly before you go into the long long-term storage thing then check out that episode there but make sure the cannabis is in the right position. At what humidity? I mean, you've, you've taken it down for uh, after it's been drying for like 10 days. You put it in the jar for two weeks. Uh, two, two weeks? There it was again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then so it's decently cured and you're reasonably happy with it. And now you want to store it for the long term. So, you're putting the buds in the jars or in your plastic tub, whichever one you've chosen, you have to make sure it's airtight. Is there a certain humidity you're looking at or a certain texture of the buds you're looking at before you're putting it in the jars to store it away that long-term? Like, yeah. do you, Because some people have them humidity sensors and they'll drop them in the jars until they're at like 56 or what, what is, it, is it? What's the I, right humidity? 55 and 52, right? Is
3: that well, it? no, what I, what I use, uh, on, I do use the humidity, uh, sensors in my jars most of the time i store I, I like it between 58 and 60 is where i like to be i'll, right. I'll let it go to 62 but i don't want anything higher than 62 mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's where i, I like to be um mm-hmm. but what are you saying then tg what's your uh, what's your TG.
0: ideal TG. humidity when you're storing your jars when you're storing your buds in your jars i have no idea i don't <laughs> never i <I've> never figured <laughs> it when it's same like, same put it in um,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just know,
0: you know. Yeah, it's the same for me. I don't use any sense and shit like that. You just wait like, until it's properly dry. Cure it for a couple of weeks by just burping the jar every day, and then yeah. you can just put it in in the jars, right?
1: Because there's like, there's gonna be a little bit. of, Even if the outsides feel a bit, teeny bit crispy, maybe, um, like not like fucking over dried, but like, man, I should get this in a jar. Mm-hmm. It, it'll equilibrate and you know it'll sweat yeah. out from the middle and it'll yeah I don't know I've never really worried about that but mm-hmm. you know when I have had my weed tested from being you know whenever I put it in the jar using whatever um, qualitative signs that I use it's come back between you know like uh, 11, 12, 13 9% humidity or moisture content sorry not humidity right, right. so I don't know what that equals out to in like You know, how do you what humidity you keep your jar at to keep the moisture content at that. Hmm. But the bovita packs and all those bullshit things are always around like what 58 or 60 percent. Yeah, 58,
0: 62, I think they are.
1: Yeah. So 58,
3: 62, and 74. Those are the numbers that I know of. 74. Wow. Down I got those were in uh uh, those were in some of those king palm packs of 74 bovitas.
0: Right. But that, yeah, that's probably for uh, cigar papers then and palm could, leaves.
3: Could be, but it was weird because some of them were shipped at 62 and some were shipped at 74. Mm. Don't understand any of that. But yeah. Yeah, man.
0: So you've stored it all up in your jars. I mean, what what would you do to st- what was the best way to store it long term? You're just going to put it up on a shelf somewhere in the dark and leave it at uh, certain temperatures
3: mostly mm. that's what i do i keep it in a cool dark cabinet closed out of the light mm-hmm. um, i would prefer to store it a little bit cooler than i do but i live in the deep south and that's not possible if i had a root cellar i'd probably put it down there mm-hmm.
0: what about you tj How, what do you do with yours when yeah, you use... just
3: leave it in my
1: basement and mm. you know i'm not shining the grow lights or something on it or putting it in a windowsill Ideally it probably should be in my cellar, you know, in the cold room. Yeah. Where it's very constant temperature and cool so the hotter it is, the more terpene evaporation and degradation you'll get. Mm-hmm. Oxidation, yeah.
0: So, <clears throat> you don't want to freeze it, but you know. And this is another one. Some people freeze their cannabis. I've never done it. I wouldn't really want to do it. It just feels as if it's not the right way to to treat the buds. Do any any of you guys tried that before?
3: only frozen trim to make hash with but no i've not actually tried to, to uh store buds that way i've heard of P- i've heard different gross sites not percy's but other sites advocate it
0: hmm. were you saying yeah. tg you've frozen yours before no
1: i i don't know i've never seen any reason to i feel you know we Theoretically, there shouldn't be too much damage, but, you know, what happens when you freeze, water freezes and ice is bigger than water liquid, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it breaks the cell walls and it fucks shit up, basically, right? Yeah. The resin freezes, and I don't know, maybe there is some sort of weird damage that happens when it thaws, so I've always just aired, not doing that, but, you know, where I work, we freeze all of our material before extraction Mm -hmm. because it's more efficient uh, Mm -hmm. when we do extract it with the ethanol, so... Uh, but we don't smoke that. so
0: Yeah. yeah. That's it, man. I wouldn't freeze it. Just don't freeze it. Uh, It's like, you consider it like it's a vegetable or something, you know, and maybe store it in the fridge, but it needs to be in a, the problem with storing it in the fridge is the light going on and off when you're opening and closing the fridge all the time. Maybe if you had a specific fridge, well, if you got the, the jar on and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Either. I don't know. Hopefully
1: it's sealed completely. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, yeah, if you get any, like if you can smell the weed, when you bring your container up to your nose, that means mm. there's air it can get in there. That's yeah. not
0: good. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why I like to use plastic because it just, I find but it just gives that good seal. Mm. Yeah, you, you just can't smell the, what's inside the plastic cases very much. And they're bigger as well. You can get like five litre, well, five ounce. Well, I can fit five ounces in a couple of my tubs. It's very nice when when that's full
3: of some nice juicy weed, some fresh weed, man. Mm-mm-mm. So do you just keep it in that big tub the entire time? yeah like, yeah yeah it, yeah. you use it out of there is what i mean
0: yeah, yeah but you know I'd, I'd crack it open take a huge cola out of it and then just leave the cola on the tray while it gets used up for a day or so and then just mm. grab another big cola the next day i should really pull it in smaller jars and things like that for sure but, but it's because there'll be numerous of them and some of them are getting burnt properly but there's one which is constantly in use when i'm cracking and you know I take buds out right of it and shit.
3: right but you know, that works well for me. Yeah. I used to use the gallon jars and I have to admit it looked cooler. It looked more dispensary, like mm-hmm. these big mm-hmm. giant jars of buds. It was very impressive looking, but they were less efficient to store. And I found that the buds in the larger dra- jars got drier and crispier faster right. when, when, the, when the room got uh, more open up. Cause I don't use the bovita packs or anything like that. I just, everything is natural. Uh, you know, like you know how we do if, if the buds feel dry, you throw in a, a fresh cannabis leaf for a day or so mm. and everything's, you know, let it all natural. Everything's everything's good.
0: Yeah. And this is the thing as well. When you're choosing your container, make sure you don't necessarily want it to be light proof because you want to be able to see your buds just in case there's any mold or powder and mold or any shit growing inside the jar. You want to be able to see it. So you don't get it light proof, but you'll put it somewhere dark, like in a dark cupboard where there's no lights on because you want to store it in the dark because you don't want chlorophyll to be reproduced by the plant when lights get into it.
3: And you don't want people to see your weed because they're going to come back and take your weed.
0: And light degrades the right?
3: Oh yeah, very definitely. So I mean, mm-hmm. many reasons to you know, put it away, put it in a dark cabinet.
0: Yeah. And just have a look now and again. You know, there's some, sometimes I've heard about people burying weed. What do you all think about that? Especially I mean, burying hash. I think Frenchie mentioned burying hash at some point,
3: right? Uh, Yeah. I've had friends who have done it. Uh, it wasn't for me. Um, Just ground gets, gets wet, gets moist. I just don't like the idea of, you know, the water attacking the screw caps on, on these, uh, Jars and mm-hmm. moisture, moisture maybe seeping into the weed. It's just not for me.
0: What about you, TJ? You ever buried any weed? Yeah, no, I don't bury my weed. Mm. Uh, I bury
1: my seeds, yes. and then they grow. But uh, oh, I right, show. right,
0: right. And
3: I mean, They're just about bonkers.
1: a centimeter
0: deep, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. and again, like you know, I've heard Tom Hill talk about back in the day they used to bury their seeds up in Cali because it was so hot, I and mean, the ground would be a good place to store them. Mm-hmm. But no, not good, not weed. You know, I'm not a
0: pirate, so <laughs> you know blues are blues out there somewhere.
1: I mean, maybe if you had a like, if you're a smuggler or something, or had a shitload, you mm-hmm. need somewhere to hide it. Then,
0: yeah, yeah. I say, being in, in an illegal place, I suppose that makes it more popular, you know, because if you got fucking thirty ounces and you only smoke an ounce every week, you know, and that's or half ounce a week, you know, it's gonna last you the whole year. And rather than just having weed laying around the place, maybe burying it would be a, a decent idea. because It'll keep it at the right temperatures. But you just got to make sure you got something that's really waterproof. You obviously don't want the jars leaking. And shit and make sure,
3: there. if you bury it, make sure that your neighbors aren't going to wonder why Why every month he has to go out there and dig in that one spot again.
0: You know what I'm saying? Trimmed 420 said, uh, the true 420 says, trim some super molded stuff at a warehouse one time here in Cali. Had been buried for two years since it was tested. Oof. And it was all molded lamb. Unlucky. You have to be careful. You know, it's, it's the risks that you take. Make sure it's properly dried before you start, and, you know, cured as well. You want, you want to give it a decent cure in a couple of weeks at least before you start storing it like that. Like if you're burying it yeah. and shit
1: like that. I've heard of hash being buried in, mm. but not,
3: not the flower. Yeah. Well, buds, I mean, I, when I go to get something out of one jar, I usually just do a quick once over on all my jars just to look for something. If anything mm-hmm. looks out of place, for it's buried, I can't do that.
0: Yeah, give it a shake, you know?
3: Yeah, you know, do you see anything funky forming in this jar here? Does something, you know, does color changing or anything? You know, you start, you, you'll know what your buds are supposed to do after they age mm-hmm. once you start doing this for a while. You know, burying, right. it's not a good idea, in my opinion. I wouldn't do it. No, maybe the hash. If you have too much, you know, give it to your friend or something. Yeah,
1: oh. yeah,
0: good point. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's yeah. kind of, you know, the high ladies have said it before, and it's true. This is an organic material here and it's shelf life. So, yeah, mm-hmm. share the mm-hmm. love, you know, spread the love, share.
0: Yeah, and that, that's it as well. Making sure that you use it before it starts to get shit. You want to get it when it's at its peak. I think mm-hmm. within the first six months, maybe well, for a home grower, anyway, if you got the chance to secure it and Store it for much longer than that, then give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, it, first nine months for
3: that—that's just personal preference to me. The first nine months is fantastic. After that, it starts kind of leveling off. Gets a little and, dry, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, depends. Depends if you're working in the jar or not. To whether or not it'll get dry, you'll start mm-hmm. seeing the color change a little bit more to that. What Swami was calling that army green color. I'll um, make a good
1: point. How about um so in Canada, one of our problems is excess weed right we have so much in the vault nobody buys blah 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 hmm. if aging was good that stuff would be flying off the shelf would it not yeah excellent yeah. point excellent point but it doesn't i mean mm. given you know it's not kept properly but uh like yeah no age definitely is a detriment uh, after a certain point it's earlier for certain strains later for others but eventually they all kind of just turn into generic dill pickle smelling weed i think
0: Mm. yeah yeah that 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 pickle smell i know what you're saying
3: but mm. yeah the old brickweed smell even yeah mm. just must yeah, be kind you know of what it mm. is and whenever yeah. i say
1: that we get it a lot at work because we deal with a lot of like older stuff right that's still fine for extraction because cannabinoids don't don't really degrade in the same way that like your terpenes and mm. other things do but uh yeah it's definitely not like a nose that you're like man that smells good <laughs> so probably did at one time but not anymore
0: so the key then essentially is just keeping it at a nice cool temperature in an airtight jar in the dark and then you can store cannabis for quite a long time but you don't want to go in any going over a year preferably would everybody agree with that
3: yeah I would. I'd probably say I would agree with that. I mean, Swami says eighteen months. Uh, I'm more comfortable with the year. The stuff I'm smoking on right now is fourteen months. It's pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. not too bad. But it was a it was a jar that was full, put away, and I just opened it tonight. So
0: yeah. Were you say TJ, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all preference, really,
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: you know how what you want in your weed for me i prefer
0: it fresh you know the, yeah same within the first couple of months so it's just it's just so nice then but it still well, develops nicely i've never kept weed for long enough to really make a decent decision on it you know never tried it after a year really
1: most of the weed that i grow just kind of peters out it doesn't get so much better like uh, mm-hmm. i wouldn't say it still mm-hmm. works and it's still like you know i have some downstairs right now i have a shitload of cbd stuff that's like goes all the way back to May of last year and then all the way as recent as March of this year. So, right. Like, And it all smells pretty much the same but there's subtle differences and color changes and when I go to smoke the stuff I prefer the newer stuff over the older stuff even though it's all fine. It's
0: mm-hmm. strange because I'd say that hash was different though. I'd say the longer you can store a hash the better it would get. What do you think about that? Because hmm. well, flower be cool. I would say would definitely say- grade, great. But-
3: it's going to change. I mean, I've never stored mm-hmm. hash long enough to get those chocolate mm-hmm. flavors that, that uh, Frenchy talks about all the time.
1: Mm-hmm, um,
3: mm-hmm. But maybe I need to just you know work on that. My storage times a little bit more. I've not you made know. enough hash that I've had enough to store long term.
0: Yeah.
1: Same. I haven't seen much of it lately, but before Frenchy died, he was doing those studies that were like they were analyzing the different compounds that were forming after three, six, nine, twelve 12 months or whatever it was yeah. on the hash. Mm-hmm and uh there was definitely some like some changes and for the for the better too you know you get some really interesting character developing um, as long as it's you have to store it properly it has to be oxygen like sealed from oxygen and airtight and all yeah. that kind of, so the so the internals can like just work on each other slowly, yeah. slowly and transform into these other things that are just delicious but beyond that i don't know too much more like i yeah. i have a lot of hash here right now but I don't have too many details on its age or or you know mm. stuff like that. I will say pressed black hash, like your squidgy black, I guess you guys probably call it. The nice, you know, traditional pressed hash, that mm-hmm. stuff definitely ages well. Whereas like a bubble hash, like a, you know, more just glands kind of lightly pressed together in mm-hmm. a, after you you scrape your screen and dry it out. That type of hash doesn't yep. maybe take on as much of a more interesting character as it ages compared to the more pressed, darker hash. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, Definitely interesting, man. Let, let's hear in the, in the comments and in the chat. You know, let us know what what's the longest time you've kept weed for, I and mean, would you treat flour differently than treating hashish? That's not be yeah. interesting to hear everybody's opinions here. And you know, what is the longest time you have kept weed for your own grow? You know, from when you chopped your shit down to when you smoked the last bud. What's the longest you've you've kept bud for?
3: <laughs>
0: Interesting question. But we've got loads of uh, cool questions here in the list of mail as well. So let's take a look at some of these. But, of course, just like every other grow guide as well, everybody, if you have any questions or need any suggestions on what you should be doing to store your cannabis, then you can always find us over at postiesgrewroom.com, and we're happy to answer any questions you have. So if you do have questions, then feel free to come and ask. But here in the list of Matt, we have one from Twisted. He says, at what moisture content, room humidity, do the members of the panel place their buds in a jar? So this is kind of related to this. And what room humidity do the panel stop burping and let the buds cure? Yeah, me and TG don't check the humidity of the jars, and Monkey, you work between 58 and 62, you said, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, because I'm doing a little bit different. I use the sensors in the jar, and right. you know, I also have the humidity sensor in the drying tent, so when i Jar the buds. That's when the tent was at fifty-eight uh, percent humidity, and the buds were snapping nice and crisp. I just watch the sensor, and if the sensor doesn't climb up above sixty-two, mm-hmm. the jars never even get opened again. Mm-hmm. I'll you know, take them and shake them to keep them moving around, keep the air going. But if the humidity's low, I just leave it.
0: Yeah, and Them humidity sensors are reasonably cheap as well, everybody. So if you're interested in that, then you can grab them up from Amazon, yeah. of course, but try and find the supplier close to you rather than using the big chains.
3: The batteries that you get with them are, are, are crappy and they burn out pretty good. And the sensors aren't 100% accurate, but they're better than nothing. So yeah, answer Twisted's question. What I do is I, I put them in at 58% and then I'll watch the sensors. And I, I, if they climb to 262 or above 62, I'll try and burp that back down somewhere in the low, mm-hmm. like 60-61 at the max. So, sure. um, I, like, I like my buds a little bit more crispy. I think they grind better.
0: Yeah, I like it when they're bouncy. When they when you squeeze them a little and they bounce back a bit. I don't like them too dry. Right. That's the way I like it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything to add there, TG?
1: No. No. Mm-hmm like you say, it's hard. I don't
0: know exactly.
1: I have a jar sitting right here open right next to me because it's too wet. And I'm just, mm-hmm. what I've been doing is like every day, opening it up and just squeezing the buds. And again, I've, you know, you just can feel the texture that you like in the flower and mm-hmm. then go f- try to hit that. Mm-hmm. So it becomes, that, it comes from experience, yeah. don't it? So that, it yeah, you, you can't really tell people what that feels mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. Not yeah. a Vulcan or a fucking telepath, so.
3: Right now, if I put if I put stuff in a jar and I'll watch the humidity climb too much. Instead of burping the jar constantly, I prefer just to take that jar, just that jar, lay the buds out on a tray for about an hour or two, mm-hmm. and then put them back in a jar. And that That's pretty really much, yeah, just you know, you don't lose a ton of terpenes. It's not going to be out there for all day. Just but put it back in the jar, seal it up, and I'm pretty much good at that point. Sweet.
0: Yeah, nice and easy. I hope that helps there, Twisted. Yeah. Whatever uh, works
3: for you is the answers there, you know? Whatever you like. <clears throat> and then
0: we have one from Sparky. If
3: you cross a chicken
0: with a rabbit, do they really lay colored eggs and hatch out marshmallow bunnies?
3: Apparently so.
0: Yeah, that is 100% fact, Sparky. So, fact checked, true, bro. Yeah. You agree with that, but- TJ? Well, I'm not breeder like
1: i said <laughs> where else
3: would they would they come up with peeps somebody's got to be making them right they just
1: make seeds so yeah we can try it
3: <laughs>
0: yeah so uh if you go out on the right time of year then you can see them running around the fields and laying loads of eggs you can just find them so a dead one on the road at work the other day damn yeah i saw like two dead animals in the road yesterday it's crazy man and i was driving back late and i said to my boy random tangent so he can't drive too quick at this time of night because it's going to be a deer come running out the fucking side of the road and just try and smash into the car. Cause they do that, you know? And, and I was driving like a 40 and a 60 it should have been going faster, but it was dark and I knew there was going to be animals come running out and a deer come shooting out from the edge of the woods and ran up to the side of the road was like, Oh look, it's going to run out. And then it didn't, it like stopped and went back into the woods, which was good because I don't want to hit no fucking deer, man.
3: I, I thought know. you all shot all your big animals, killed them.
0: The deer's making a comeback, man. And they're there, kidnapping <laughs> children and eating them. and shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> eating
3: children. <laughs> yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it's dangerous out there in them woods. Yeah, yeah. Really. good question, Sparky. Thank you. We have one from Matami's. Who is, did Matami go through to the next round? He did, didn't he? Yes, he did. On your everybody yes. on your team did. Yes. Okay, so one from Matami. I'm just beginning a sativa DWC grow in a four by four. Where I plan to mainline, I have never grown sativa before, and I'm wondering what I should do to control vertical height. Flip them early, scrug, or what? Scrugging is always a good idea to control the vertical height of the plant, but it's still going to stretch out a lot. It's going to fill out the canopy pretty quickly. Uh,
3: Depends on the, on the, the genetics and that sativa. I mean, yeah, some yeah. sativas now sativa? mm-hmm. yeah, some sativas now they are sativa dominant, I should say, or relatively short. Uh, and some of them, no, mm. you're right. Some of them, you're looking at four or five feet in height, so depends. Scrog it. Do it. And of course, top in, man. Top
0: uh, at the third node. Train out. Uh, make sure yep. you're, you're training out all the side nodes as well before it goes into the, the scrug. So
1: One thing too, um, depending on what the flowering time is, if it's like a 15 or a 16 weaker, you know, like true sativa, if you want to say that, um when you start flowering it's not gonna you know like even even moving to 12 12 might not do it so you might you're gonna have a lot of time before you actually see the flowers and it finishes obviously um compared to when you actually flip it and compared to your typical hybrids or afghanis so keep that in mind and um sometimes these things like they have to be a certain age before they even want to flower yeah. So a lot of people would might even take clones when they're really old, like not really old, but like three, four months old kind of thing And veg, take those clones and then flower them out because you won't have to deal with that vining that's going to happen. And, mm. you know, trying to get these things to kick into flower mode, which might take a month or two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the meantime, you're going to be, your tent will be like super full because. Mm-hmm. And it'll be clones.
0: a more scrawny plant. And if you're, so yeah sativas are mm-hmm. good know, idea
1: those equatorials are kind of a challenge sometimes but they're if it's a true you know like mm-hmm. equatorial like a tie something or other but if it's just you know a 12 weaker then then scrog and it'll probably be good yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah man good info anything to add there monkey
3: no you just got to be creative depends upon what space you're working with yes Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: okay, so worst, hope for the best, you know. Indeed. So we have one here from Woody. He said, seed question. What pH does a seed sprout at? Soil pH is 6.8, middle of the road number. Then cocoa and DWC are at six, uh, 6.0. How can the seed handle the pH range swing when the adult plant cannot? Does this affect germination rate or some strains that were previously grown at a different pH?" It's pretty simply the pH of the soil. I mean, you don't want it to be too acidic or too alkaline. You want it within range. But the pH of the medium is more to do with how the plant can absorb the nutrients. So it's it's not going to affect the seed too much because the seed needs to absorb the, more nutrients as it gets bigger. So it, it's not so bad. As long as it's got moisture and the, the taproot can grow out, then the pH won't affect it too badly until the actual green shoots there, right?
3: Kind of, sort of. I mean, I find that the seedlings in, in a lot of ways can tolerate some pretty crazy conditions. And, you know, it's once your seedling gets established and starts its vegetative state, then then you kind of, I find at least in, in my cocoa runs, I've got to keep things a little a little bit tighter, but in the very young seedlings, I can pretty, I can get away with my, my drifting pH a lot more. So mm-hmm. I think my answer would be seedlings can just adapt easier. just it's just by nature. They they can tolerate conditions and hopefully they'll find what they need for adult life.
0: Mm-hmm. Saying what do you say, TG? What do you think about this?
3: You know, I don't know. I really don't. I've
1: never really thought about it. I would mm-hmm. just use tap water, which, you know, my pH of my tap water, I don't pH the tap water I use. I just dump it in there. Mm-hmm. It's like mid to high sevens, maybe even into 8.1, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's not right. that. Right. crazy really i drink it you know if it's a i've always thought you know if it, if it tastes good to me and it doesn't make me feel fucked up it's probably okay for plants so even if it's a bit high but I, I actually don't really know i'm sure ph does i think it was really low or really high mm-hmm. you know if it's fucking like caustic or you know right it, yeah that's it. it's if it's
0: crazy bad. numbers then yeah. yeah it's not nothing's yeah. gonna like it in there
3: yeah, so, five, five to seven, five. Your so your seeds probably gonna be okay for a while till you get things squared. Yeah,
1: I'd I'd probably just try and match. You know what uh, the nice easy thing that everything seems to be okay at. It's like mm-hmm. six and a half to seven, six mm-hmm. to seven, somewhere in
3: there.
1: Yeah. I've been planting
3: that. seeds in straight cocoa. Uh, with rain water with rainwater and no nutrients until they sprout, and they seem to be doing fine. I'm not even checking yeah. the pH of anything, it's yeah. just rain water and an inert cocoa, and they'll sprout. And then I'll hit them with some organic stuff for a few weeks. Works yeah, fine. Went, like, too hard, you know. Yeah, yeah I yeah, mean, well, I haven't stressed over it. As long as, as it
0: sprouts, it. are good. That's it. Yeah, get it sprouting and then make sure that the pH is correct when the plant starts to grow and it needs to absorb its nutrients properly. Because there's nutrients yeah. in the seed to start with and it will feed off of that for a little while.
3: Right. And that's I think that's one reason that your seedling is a little less picky in the beginning because it's got a little bit of reserve. But I always recommend try to get your pH where it needs to be. Your plants will appreciate mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But they all always have a survival mechanism. It seems like they can they can put up with our mistakes.
0: Right then. And then we have last question here, uh, from Terra Tang. Would like the panel's point of view on STS spray best way to mix, when to use for autos, etc. Love the show. It's thanks to this podcast, along with a few others, that I'm starting my first grow. Nice. Cool. Uh, so, but don't say we encourage you, it's nothing to do with us. <laughs> but yeah, man, good, good, good shit. It's good to hear that you're starting a grow, man. You're going to love it. And of course, if you need any help with your grow, <laughs> then head over to percysgrowroom.com. We can help you out over there. But uh, monkey, you use STS, right? Silver thiosulfate.
3: Uh, I've got some in the refrigerator behind me, and I've just finished using it on a bunch of seeds. Been been pulling femme seeds out of all kind of stuff. Uh, it's good. I mean, I've used, I've done colloidal silver. I have had success and failure with with it both, and found, I find that this colloidal silver was a lot more labor intensive. You had to spray every day. Um from flip all the way until you had, you know, balls that were actually starting to open is what they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of spraying. I mean, because it, it usually to get, to get a, a, a female flipped and producing male pollen, you're probably looking at about 30 days. Yeah, it's, it's not a quick uh, process. So imagine having to do 30 sprays, or if you're doing it twice a day, 60 sprays, as opposed to with STS, I sprayed every five days. I did six times every five, five days apart, and that's all I had to do. And right. the STS was more effective on for a wider range of plants. Um, so by all means, you yeah, STS effectiveness. If I have to reverse plants, that's where I'm going to go, because it's easier. It's if you're making it yourself, it's very simple to do. And by I mean, there's no reason anybody can't use it. So yeah, I love STS at this point. Right. So you prefer that of a silver? Absolutely. I w- um I, w- I would recommend anyone to, d- to go that route. STS. Are you saying <laughs> TG?
0: You, or do you use this kind of stuff? Reversal spray? Yeah, yeah. Uh, silver thallium sulfate or collider silver. Oh, S- one specifically STS.
1: Uh, I've never used it. No, but right. um, it seems to be the consensus that it is the best option as far as all the different reversal sprays go. I've only ever used colloidal silver. I'm actually using it right now. I'm doing a reversal of some some stuff that I won't say what it is. <laughs> not but cool. it's working, I think. Um, but yeah, like Monkey says, it is more work. You know, I'm I'm spraying twice a day. So it's not, you know, I'm down there every day anyway. So it's and it's only one tiny little like you know, classified as a micro plant, I would say. So it's not a huge right. amount of work for me. Because I don't make like rooms full of seeds, but you know if yeah if you're doing like a a full room reversal or even outside like maybe fields or something, you know Matt Matthew Riot from Riot Seeds on Reader Syndicate talks about this a lot where they reverse like ten thousand plants or something like this, and they use STS because it is much easier in that sense that you only do it a couple times and it seems to be pretty you know foolproof too. But- it works really well when it works reversals are a bit iffy because you know not all plants like reversing and even if they do, they don't always produce good pollen. so but STS
0: seems to be yeah, a consensus that that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. So So how do you I make this people. shit then monkey
3: briefly? How, how do you? It's a, a process of making two uh, intermediate solutions, solution a and solution B. And it's uh, to make the solutions, I uh, do not have the numbers, but you can go, there are many, many YouTube videos that tell you specifically what weights to use of the two chemicals. One chemical is silver nitrate, and the other one is sodium thiosulfate. Silver nitrate can be slightly pricey, It's, but you don't need much. I mean, if you buy a couple grams of silver nitrate, you're going to have... Plenty, plenty silver nitrate for quite a while to make the spray with, and the sodium thiosulfate is relatively inexpensive. Uh, I got them both through Amazon pretty, pretty easily though. Mm-hmm. But you, uh, you mix a small amount of each, each of these chemicals in a separate jar with distilled water to get stock solutions, and then you're going to take these stock solutions and mix part B first then part A. And once that's mixed, you then you add a small amount of dish soap in there, and that's gonna be a surfactant so that the spray sticks to everything. Mm. And then you dilute it to, to the to desired uh, PPMs. And that's it. Right. I mean- so Or you can just it, buy it online. You can, I mean, right, it's, right. it may sound <laughs> complex because I'm trying to go step by step by step, but basically measure, measure the uh, weigh the specific amount of each chemical and put it in a glass jar. Add a certain amount of water to that, that's solution A and solution B. Then take a certain amount of one and a certain amount of the other and put them in, in, in your spray bottle, dilute it with X number of amount of water and your solution is ready to go. And this is all on YouTube. Uh, I had to adjust the concentrations a little higher than, than the, the tutorial that I watched uh, said to use. But that, I mean, that's a little bit of experimentation, you know, you just like, Instead of using 12 milliliters of this solution, you may next time use 16 and see what happens, kind of thing like that. Right. Uh trial and error. Mm-hmm. But I've mm-hmm. had really good results. So if you want, if you're interested in trying to make ice seeds, I'd say try it. It does take a while. It's not an easy process. It's a start to finish, probably four months process here, you know. Wow. But worth it when you get a shitload of seeds at the end. It is, but you mean you have to actually you, it's just like a like growing buds it takes exactly the same amount of time to make seeds because mm-hmm. the seeds have to mature mm-hmm. yeah. and and it, it is going to affect uh your your yield on, on your cannabis I mean so much of the weight and so much of the energy is now seed you're not going to get as much bud and as much resin out, out of mm-hmm. the plant so but you will get usable cannabis but it's just not going to be a lot of it
0: sweet that's a lot of good info that that was the last question we have as well so i think
3: now, that is he everything. was asking about autos the auto timing oh right yeah, is, yeah auto timing is kind of tricky what they tell you to do for autos plant the the plant the auto the one plant that you want to reverse and and start spraying it two weeks after you you uh two weeks after you plant the first plant is you have to plant the, the, the one that's going to be pollinated so in other words the plant that's going to be reversed it needs a two-week head start in order to be the timing is correct.
0: Right, cool. Yeah, makes sense, eh?
3: So you start it off, give it, get it time to where it's just about ready to start stretching for flower, start spraying it. By the time it forms good male flowers, uh, the other one will be in full flower, and you should be able to, you know, bang them together and have some have some babies. Sweet. Nice then, everybody.
0: I hope that uh, it's just about everything in it. Yeah. Sweet, so of course, if you have any questions or anything like that that you want us to cover on next week's List of Mail, then make sure you send us some questions on Percy's or over at the Discord server. Uh, are we all done here? You want to? Should we go to the outro? Sure, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So there we go, everybody. That was the episode all about long-term storage of cannabis. And we also had some good questions there from the listener mail section. If you want to send us a question for listener mail and we can read it out on a, a next week's show, then get in touch through one of the social networks, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, you can just send us a message. Search for High and Homegrown. You'll be able to find us follow the page like it whatever you have to do and then you'll be able to send us a message and we'll read it out on air next week you can also message us on Percy'sGrowRoom.com or start a thread over there as well there's a thread for you to comment specifically on that thread with questions for listener mail and we also have a section in our discord server for listener mail as well so there's loads of ways to get in touch it would be great to hear from you so just send us a question As usual, thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate every single one of you guys who downloads all of the episodes every week. It is awesome. We have loads of listeners. We have a great community and it is a massive pleasure to make these podcasts for you guys. So thanks again for downloading. Keep up the great work and download more and more episodes. Share if you can. That would be sweet, but of course, no pressure. Just thank you as always for being here and downloading and listening to the show. But 4.20 is coming, so make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel to join us for the special 4.20 stream, which will be happening on 4.20 at 9 o'clock UK time. So come and join us for that if you're free. But anyway, yes, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Stay high, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye.